myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you Hi, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. I'm joined by Super Mac today, Malcolm McDonald, to look at his dream team. We've done a series of these where people get a chance to pick their favourite uh, Newcastle United team, uh, managers and substitutes. So, Mal, I've been really looking forward to doing yours and John's. We've done them uh, on two separate shows, which will be played this week. So, um, give us your goalkeeper first, Mal. Okay. Um, yes, this is... This, of course, is limited to um, to players that I've seen. Yeah, that I've seen absolutely. play, um, and uh, um, and that have appeared in black and white shirts for Newcastle. Um, Shay Given is my start, and I'm <laughs> Steve. I am breaking a golden rule of mine, and that is that I've always um, I've always looked at. Uh, at having a goalkeeper who will come for crosses, um, and uh, and importantly, if you if you are going to come for crosses, then you have to you have to dominate your box. Shea Given didn't do that, but he was such a phenomenal shot stopper. His positioning was uncanny um, that I I I, I kept going over this choice uh, and thinking, well, there's got to be somebody else that's that's as good or better. And to be quite honest, I, I couldn't come up with one. Willie McFall was very close, I have to say, that I played with back in the 70s. But Shea Given, absolutely phenomenal shot stopper. I've seen him oh, save Newcastle so many goals. So, so many goals. And... Um, uh, uh, and he's a lovely lad as well. Really super fella um, to be in the company of. And um, and so, yeah, Shea Given is, is my first choice, much against what I consider to be my better judgment, simply because of his shot-stopping capabilities. Yeah, no surprise to see Shea Given, even in your uh, dream team. I think uh, all but two of the people who've done teams so far have, have had Shea Given as their, as their right. first, mm -hmm. first choice. So, yeah, I think that says a lot yeah, for... It, it, it doesn't surprise me in, in the slightest. And and I always, <laughs> whenever I'm in, the conversa in a conversation about Shea Given, I always sort of mention Steve Harper that it... it how frustrating it must have been to have been in the, the same club as Shea Given for him um, yeah. because he was always going to, to be number two to Shea, always. Uh, and there was never going to be any swapping of that other than for injury. Yeah. Okay, uh, into the uh, defence then, Malcolm. So um, we'll go right back first. Who, who have you gone for in that position? Well, I, I I have played with some some really tremendous right backs. I've I've seen many um, excellent right backs playing for Newcastle, um, and I can mention David Craig that I played with Warren Barton, but Kieran Trippier has come in and I think has just taken the whole place by storm. 
He's taken not only the place by storm, but he's taken all of the characters and individuals that there are. Um, that um, that uh, he's just won over the whole dressing room. He's um, captivated the um, the whole crowd, fifty two and a half thousand, and I think he's also captivated the um, the press room as well. And uh, he, he he is a, an absolutely super super right back, excellent defender. Um, he, he 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 can be a little bit of a kidder um, with with the opposition, and um, and they don't realise just quite how quick he is. Um, and so he kids the kids the opposition on a bit, and then all of a sudden just nips in and woof. Uh, he's taken possession and away he goes. Um, and of course, um, and such a shame, uh, such a huge shame for him um, that he that he, he misses now the the, uh, the last part of the season because of this injury. Uh, and it was a nasty tackle. I thought I thought it was I thought it was a really nasty tackle that um, and that, that it was. Uh, it was meant. It wasn't just a, a um, an innocuous happening between two players. I, th I thought it was actually meant. So that was a, a real shame um, for him. The thing that has impressed me hugely about him, um, which is why I would it come the, um, come next season, I would personally make Kieran Trippier captain. Um, what I have noticed is that he is a leader from the very first, the very first moment that he put a black and white shirt on, he was full of rah, rah, rah. But at the same time, what I noticed him doing on the pitch was he would, he would give in no uncertain terms an instruction to a player. Now, that's all very well doing that. But I've always thought you've got to explain an instruction out. And so the, the, the hurly-burly of the play would go on. Um, but then it would die. You know, the ball would go out of play or whatever. Um, and Kieran Trippier, would, I, I noticed he would always then go back to that player that he had given a, a shouted instruction to. And he would just be seen to be explaining out why... He had given that instruction, what it was all about, what the benefits were. Um, and he's going to make an excellent coach when he finishes playing. He's, he's got that lovely way about him. He, he explains it all out. And, of course, there's always good reason behind it. I listen to him talking and he talks from a point of, of good and fair reason. And uh, I'm prepared to listen to anybody like that. Now, should we go on to? Do you want to go right the way across the back four? Yeah, I presume you're going for a back four, Mal. So I, I, I am. Presume... I'm going yeah. for a back four. So um, go for one fact, of your centre halves. Well, in fact, I, I am. I have set out the side in a four-four-two, and playing similar tactics to those that I played when I was with Newcastle that when the opposition has got the ball, 
play 4-4-2. As soon as um, that uh, we would get um, that we would get possession, then the, um, one of the wide men pushes forward and can make it 4-3-3. Um, uh, and, uh, and so going across the back four, um, I, my two centre halves um, uh, and uh, and I've got very different but good reasons for picking them both. Philippe Albert, I think he was an absolutely outstanding uh, um, centre uh, back, incredible player, beautiful ball skills, um, and and of course he could get forward and um, and do delightful things in the opponent's half to include scoring goals um, with both head and, and feet. And so, uh, so I've, I've gone with Philippe Albert um, and, and alongside of him, um, and this was a real toss up, um, but it was just earlier this year and this season that I found myself sitting on the same table um, as um, as Steve Howie, and we got talking, and um, uh, and and Steve was telling me, uh, oh, because John Beresford came and joined us, and uh, uh, and Steve had been telling me about how uh, he used to look around um, uh, and. And all of the other defenders had literally flown forwards on an attack. And he was sort of there on his own on the halfway line with no cover whatsoever. And, and all of a sudden, the, the, um, the opponents were, were coming, tearing out of their own box. And he could see three and four opponent shirts come, come roaring down the field at him. And he said, but that was the way that this team played, um, that just absolutely get forward but it but so when you think about that that he would actually deal with that situation and he said that a lot of the time he didn't like it he said but it's surprising how quick you can get used to it and he wasn't as a center half um, he wasn't going to seek to deter the attacking strength of that Newcastle side that he played in, um, and so he was prepared to uh, to put up with those very difficult situations that he'd be left in um, back on the halfway line um, for when the ball was lost, um, and so uh, he um, and he just got me thinking, and I and and that's a great responsibility for somebody to take on his shoulders um, and. And just allow all three um, other defenders just to flood forward and 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 be an attacking strength altogether. So uh, and also, uh, it just got me thinking that what's a, a good partnership? You always need to have a really good understanding and good partnership with your two centre halves, with your two centre forwards, um, uh, and. And Philippe Albert and Steve Howey, totally different types of players, totally different types of characters, 
but they appreciated each other's strengths, I feel, and therefore they worked really well together. And so not just as individual centre-halves, but as a partnership, um, they're probably the best that I've seen in, in, an Engl in a Newcastle shirt. So, uh, yeah, so running across the back line, we've got Kieran Trippier, Phil Philippe Albert um, uh, and Steve Howie. Who's going to compliment them on the left-hand side? Um, well, the best defender that I've ever played with is Frank Clark. Um, but Frank would be only too speedy to admit that he wasn't the best at getting forward. Um, in, in fact, um, I remember Frank scoring his first, and I've got a feeling it was his only ever goal for Newcastle. It came in the League Cup uh, at St. James Park one uh, midweek evening. And uh, we were beating Doncaster, who at the time were in the third or the fourth division. We were beating them 5-0. And Frank has suddenly appeared in the most forward position that I ever saw him, which was about uh, seven or eight yards outside of the Doncaster penalty area. Um, uh, and um, uh, and, and he, he smacked a shot. Um, which found its way in, into the corner. And that made it 6-0. And all of the team ran over and we got Frank up on our shoulders and we carried him around the stadium. Shoulder high, he was. And, and once the game restarted and I, and I got into my position of centre-forward, the Doncaster centre-half said, what was all that fuss and nonsense about? Good heavens, you were already 5 nil up. What are you making a fuss and nonsense for getting a sixth goal? And I said, but that's the only goal he's ever scored for the club. And he'll never score another one. So we had to make it an occasion. Um, <laughs> and because we knew that Frank would hardly ever cross the halfway line um, uh, uh, in his future. So... Uh, I haven't gone with Frank on this, although he is the best defender that I've played with. Um, I've gone with John Beresford simply for the fact that Newcastle were such an attacking side and that just, oh, it brought the, the absolute best out of uh, Beza. It really did. Um, that that he just looked a flood forward and 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 the the problems that uh, that he caused going down that left wing supporting the, the the great wide men that they had at the time um and going beyond them um and 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 johnny had that uh, he had that lovely spirit of of, of um of the devil may care, and so let come on, let's just drive forward. Um, and it made it a, a, a brilliant um, attacking back line um, with John on one side, Trippier on the other, and of course, um, Philippe Albert getting forward as he did. And I, I see that as a as a very attacking, very exciting. Uh, back line, which is an unusual thing to say, but at the same time, all good defenders.
really good defenders and knew how to how to do the jobs individually and as a group. So there we are. That's my back line. Kieran Trippier, Philippe Albert, Steve Howie, and John Beresford with Shea given behind them. Formidable back four uh, under the midfield then, Mal. Right. I'm going to start on the right-hand side. And, um, and, and people are likely to say, oh, but you could never have seen this fella. Well, I did. I, I saw him a number of times um, when I was young. And I've, and I've gone for Jackie Milburn on the right-hand side. Um, and oh, he was lightning quick. Um, boy, could he cross. He could, he could cross a great ball. It was a, it was a rocket. Some, uh, some strong similarities between he and Stuart Barraclough in as much that Stuart Barraclough, he had great pace and, and he, could, he could strike a, a cross that went, um, uh, that went like a shot um, across the penalty area. Um, but Jackie Milburn, he had an awful lot more. He could come inside. He could play at centre forward. Um, he had lovely dribbling skills and um, where he could go. He could go beyond centre halves, and 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 uh, and good heavens, scored an awful lot of goals. Um, and one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. He really is. Uh, when I first arrived at um, at St James Park back in 1971, he was right there. Um, introduced himself, took me house hunting, helped me buy my first house. In you know, in terms of finding it showing me all the all the different um, areas of, of, around Newcastle and up into Northumberland um, and <clears throat> I'm one of the one of the most delightful people that I've ever had the uh, had the good fortune to spend time with in, um, during my life um, and and uh, an extraordinary man but uh, um, as extraordinary playing the game of football um, and of course he played throughout that um, incredibly successful period of, uh, that Newcastle experienced in the um, in the 50s uh, albeit Jackie Milburn broke my heart I was six years of age and um, and, and Fulham was my club I lived um, in the road that led up to Fulham to Craven Cottage, and uh, and on the on on the Monday, um, uh, we were in um, uh, we were in school, and uh, and the headmistress she stood up in front of everybody, and and um, and and she talked about. Uh, how the school's football teams had got on over the weekend. And um, and she said, we must go to our local side, Fulham, who were just up there. We were the nearest school to Craven Cottage. And um, and she said they got a, 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 a an excellent one-all draw in the third round of the FA Cup up at St. James Park in Newcastle. Um, sort of instructed everybody to get an atlas out and to find where Newcastle was um, in Great Britain. And, um, and she said now, she said the replay is on Wednesday afternoon because there were no floodlights 
remember in those days. And um, and she said, uh, you can, um, if you are seriously wanting to go and see the game, then come in for your schooling in the morning, have lunch here at school. But then after that, you can leave and go to Craven Cottage and watch the game. And of course, it was a two o'clock kickoff, no floodlights. And um, and so uh, that was uh, uh, that was great news for me. And, and off I went on the Wednesday um, early afternoon. And I got to the ground, and it was going to. You could tell by the size of the crowd swelling outside, and it was going to be an absolute full house. So I. So I decided to go into a, a, a smaller part of the ground than I normally went in um, and, and watch the game from there. And um, when, when they um, unveiled the plaque to Joe Harvey um, at St. James Park just a few short years ago, um, I actually had the, the wonderful opportunity to speak with Vic Keeble. Um, and, and I... And I told him of this memory of mine from back in 1956, and he remembered it well um, because it was it was he that finished off the, the great run and cross of Jackie Milburn's. And so it was between the two of them that they broke my heart because uh, um, and, and it was a remarkable game because Fulham had gone 4-1 ahead and sorry, Newcastle had gone 4-1 ahead against Fulham and Fulham in the sec spent the second half sort of getting the goals back and, and with a few minutes still to go, made it four each. And Fulham had a corner and that was headed out and it went to Jackie Milburn out in the right wing. And he just went like a steam train um, up the right wing. And, and a herring after him, was um, Frank uh, was uh, uh, Vic Keeble, and um, and Jackie, he just pinged the ball across um, in, into the penalty area, and uh, Vic Keeble, who um, he wasn't the best with his feet, that's for sure, in this game of football of ours. But my heavens, he was lethal with his head, and he just went flying. Um, through the air and head first got to the ball and just uh, um, and bullet like it went into the top corner and and that and it just broke my heart. It really did. Um, Newcastle had beaten Fulham uh, five four, and it had been one of the greatest matches that I have ever seen, um, and will always mention it as. Exactly that, one of the great games of all time. So, Jackie Milburn, you cannot ignore the man. He was an absolutely brilliant right-winger, centre-forward, um, great goal-scorer, great crosser of the ball, perhaps should have played um, an awful lot more for England. Um, uh, and and he, was, he was just about one of the nicest men I've ever met. In my life, um, okay, fabulous so company. War Jackie, uh, uh yeah, from him in your dream team, right? Well, um, I've inside of Jackie, and I could oh, I could see this pairing 
of Jackie Milburn and this guy getting on like a burnt, clapped out house because it's Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> Can you imagine Jackie Milburn getting on on a football field with uh, with Gaza? Mind, if anybody could do it, Jackie, he would have done. He would have done. And I'm, and I don't wish to take his name in vain. Um, but in fact, Jackie probably he would have found a way to bring the very best out of uh, Gaza uh, on a more regular basis than, than than maybe Paul was able to do, um, because he he was just so much common sense was was Jackie. But Paul Gascoigne, one of one of the most extraordinary players um I, I, I if if you were to ask me to name five absolutely extraordinary players i would have to say alfredo di stefano and and ferenc puskas of of, of um real madrid um but then then it would be george best paul gascoigne and now i'm looking for a fifth but that's how I rated Paul. He would come that high um, in, in, in the ratings. Um, and uh, I still think that people could, um, could even now watch for the thousandth, two thousandth time um, video footage of Paul and still not be able to work out quite how he was able to do the, the, the things that he, he accomplished. Um, and uh, he, he just had such an absolute rich sense of fun and sense of humour. It got on a lot of people's nerves, particularly football managers. But nevertheless, he was a, a, um, a quite, special, um, quite special guy. Um, as well as being a, a, a very special footballer, so uh, yeah, one of one of the greats was Paul. Um, and who could play alongside of him? Well, I, nobody else, I think, other than Peter Beardsley, and they would make an absolutely fantastic pairing um, in the in the middle. Um, Peter, again, somewhat like Paul, had mercurial skills. Um, was a phenomenal uh, goal scorer, um, and and it was never uh, it was never brute force or, or, or strength that he was using. It was all just delicate touches, and uh, oh, he was he was an absolute joy to watch. He really was, um, and oh, you put him and Paul in the middle of a park. And the, the the amount of skill that would just be on show, it would that they would just be entertaining um, a, a, a crowd of fifty odd thousand without anybody else. Um, it would it, they would be such a joy uh, to to um, to watch. They really would. Um, and who who could go on the left hand side? Well. It's amazing because Newcastle, they've, they've had a wealth of talent on that left wing of theirs. They really have. Uh, and, and, I, and I looked at David Ginola. I looked at uh, um, 
I've looked at um, Chris um, and um, sorry, uh, uh, Chris Waddle. Um, but then I keep coming back to Terry Hibbert. Not only when he got forward could he was he a great crosser of the ball, but he was he was a tremendous passer of the ball. His timing was absolute perfection. Um, he would he could be an absolute down to the fraction of an inch perfect. Um, he, I've seen him run it from the back all the way forward. Uh, he was, I doubt he was seven and a half stone soaking wet. Um, and as Joe Harvey um, used to say, he could, uh, um, he could cause trouble in an empty house with his ability to argue. Um, uh, and yet, on the field, he was, he was something quite um, beyond um, any norms that we that we've seen. Uh, yeah, and yet. Gordon Lee came and just he didn't fancy it. I don't think he liked the character that that Hibby was. Um, well, that's no way ever for a football manager to to judge a footballer. You judge them purely by talent and how they apply themselves. And Terry Hibbett, dear me, he would run himself into the ground every single game. He gave a hundred percent and more every time. And uh, and he did his fair amount of defending for a little bloke. Um, his and his long passing was oh, it was it was a, a dream to get on the end of. Um, and and um, and so Terry and I we found ourselves um, having a a really fabulous um, footballing relationship out on the park that all started with his superb left foot passes. And, and my ability to get on the end of it and um, and go and finish them off. And and so I'm sorry, Chris, and I'm sorry, David, but, um, yeah, I've had to put Terry Hibbert um, uh, in front of you both um, because he, he was truly a, a, a left winger, a left-sided midfield player. He, he could... Um, he would get back and defend. He would get forward. And uh, the one thing he he wasn't all that good at was shooting, but he would make sure he got the ball to the feet of the people who could shoot. And so, yeah, there's my midfield. Jackie Milburn on the right-hand side. Paul Gascoigne in the middle with Peter Beardsley and Terry Hibbett on the left-hand side. Um, and it's... And that, it's so wonderfully balanced with, with the left foot on the left-hand side and the right, and the right foot of Jackie Milman on, on the right-hand side. And when, when you've got, um, and, and, and when you've, you've got people playing on their correct side like this, they spread the pitch wide. They make the pitch big. And these are players who, who, they just loved to play in space. They really did. Um, and they could make space for themselves. They could make space for others. And, and, and that's, a, that's a, a bit of footballing genius in itself. 
but these guys, all of them, they could certainly do that. So, and they were going to get a whole host of, um, of chances stuck into the box for people to go and finish. So who are those two people? Um, and as I say, 4-4-2, but, uh, but with Jackie Milburn getting forward on the right-hand side, he'd make a three up front. Um, and, the, and the two that I've gone for are Alan Shearer and Andy Cole. And people might go, oh, we've had better than Andy Cole. Andy Cole had a phenomenal time at Newcastle. With, um, his goal scoring was absolutely supreme. And Andy Cole, Alan Shearer, if they both had a good season together, goal scoring wise, good heavens above, they put you on the verge of, of playing in Europe. And so it's it's then what can the what can the middle four contribute? You know, can they contribute maybe 30 goals? That takes you over a hundred for heaven's sake. And then what can the back four get, come up with? You know, and with the likes of Steve Howie and uh, um, on, on set pieces and Philippe Albert coming up with, with goals, Kieran Trippier on, on free kicks. All of, all of a sudden you're thinking there's goals everywhere in this side. Um, and, and so they would be capable of going out competing against the very, very best um, that, that we see. Um, uh, um, and, and, and there would be no reason why they couldn't be winning just about everything this side. It would be wonderful if they could all be um, playing in, in one and the same age. It would be one hell of a side. One hell of a side, this. Um, my and my subs I, I mentioned, and I've got three, uh, which is Frank Clark. He can cover anywhere across the back four, and then I've got Chris Waddle and and David Gillenor. They, the two of them, they could play pretty much anywhere, midfield, up front. Um, the, uh, absolute class players and. And, and if they're coming on as a sub, you say, this is the job that I need you to do. And, and they are honest, genuine players that will get out there and do it, even if they were slightly out of position. It wouldn't matter to them. Um, and uh, and they, they speak well about the game because... Uh, um, they can speak about it so well, both of them, because they played it so well. They really did play it so, so well. Now, I've been a little bit naughty because I know, Steve, that you asked me for a manager. I've seen what you've done, Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found myself absolutely incapable of making that final decision between the two guys um that uh, uh that i was <clears throat> mentally bashing myself up with and so um you wanted a manager well i picked a manager and i've picked a coach <laughs> we need a coach to coach the team and a manager to manage so i've gone for joe harvey as the manager and i've gone for bobby robson as the coach and bobby robson was 
primarily a coach, and he always, I think, advertised himself as such. Joe Harvey wasn't a coach. He was a great man manager, but he was also absolutely incredible in the way in which he would sort of take a side apart get rid of a few players, bring other players in and then put another side together. Um, uh, and when you think that when I arrived in, in, in the um, July of, uh, well, uh, um, in the May of 1971, Newcastle United only two years before had, uh, had won um, in Europe, had won a European competition. And so, uh, right, th th there was pedigree here. But Joe, just two years after that, he was ripping that side apart. He was putting something totally new together. And, and what he ripped apart up front, that where the goals were coming from, was Wynn Davis and Pop Robson. That's a one hell of a decision, isn't it? To, to rip that apart. And then, all of a sudden, and, 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 and the crowd, they would have been saying, well, come on, who's going to do it? Who's going who's gonna to be doing the business for us up front? Um, well, all of a sudden, he got John Tudor in from Sheffield United, I think. Um, and then he got me from Luton. And, um, and people were saying, oh, he's... he's He's never played in the top division, never played in the first division. He's only played in the second division and the third division um, before that. Uh, but Joe knew his players. They knew what they were capable of before he brought them in. And, uh, and, and it was a very, very clever pairing, I have to say, because John, John was a great foil for me. He, 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 he was a a tremendous provider of chances um, uh, and um, from both um, both his head and he was un very underrated for the for the amount of skill that he had on the ground um, and uh, but and and so uh, John he he could put that uh, that ground skill to work and he's and he scored a lot of goals so so basically uh, he and I, we was we would score sort of forty-five to fifty games in a season between us, and that meant that we wouldn't get relegated. And then, what goals can the midfield score um, if if they can put together uh, uh, about twenty? Good heavens above! Now you you you're looking at at um, getting into Europe um, and uh, providing the back four come in with a few goals as well. And so um, it, 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 he was clever. He was shrewd um, in, in the transfer market. Um, and, it, and he was a great joy uh, to, to be playing for, I have to say. But at the same time, I played for Bobby Robson when I was at Fulham. He, he gave me my, my league debut. Um, and, and so I've, I um, am forever grateful to him for that but at the same time he was he was a, a good manager very good manager
but he was an excellent coach. By heavens, he was a brilliant coach, um, and uh, uh, and it, and that Ipswich Town side that that contained Eric Gates and um, and, and what have you, um, Kevin Beatty, dear me, what a side that was, um, and and he put it together for for very little cost. Um, Ipswich, they were one of the top sides in this country for over a decade um, with uh, Bobby Robson at the helm. So I couldn't split them up. They are they were two absolutely unique characters in the game, brilliant at what they did, but they did it in different ways, which means I think I can make one a manager and one a coach in this particular instance. Um, so... There you are. And who am I to argue? What a team that is. Uh, Shea given in goal. Kieran Trippier right back. Steve Howie and Philip Albert at the centre-half pairing. John Beresford at left back. Uh, in the midfield, we've got a, a, a midfield which would be worth multi-millions of pounds. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it? Just Milgren, Paul Gascoigne, Peter Beardsley and Terry Hibbers um, supplying the ammunition for Alan Shearer and Andy Cole to fire. What a, what a start in 11. And on the bench... Frank Clark, Chris Waddle, and David Ginola, and the manager, uh, Joe Harvey, and the coach, Bobby Robson. Brilliant, that, Malcolm. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that. I will just give a quick sh uh, shout-out to the sponsors. Thank you to Spider Miner, uh, who give you worldwide coverage. Thanks to skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 25 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks to LNG Family Funeral Directors, 01913897245. And the Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD, hemp, and cannabinoid specialists, www.thegohd.com. Thanks to Arcot Interiors. Thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End in Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. Thanks to Kleekai, meet the new game over screen, drop into a Kleerun device near you, available on Apple Store, Google Play and Kleerun.game. Thanks to Jab Signature, jabsignature.co.uk and the Media Arts for all of their help with the video technology. If you want to subscribe, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner. You can subscribe for free. We do seven shows a week. Hit the thumb up to like the video, click share to share to your social media and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans or to leave a comment. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Usually goes up 24 hours after the show has been on. If you want to become a member, uh, you will get a scarf, a pen, a cup and a membership card. You just need to go to the website and uh, uh, look for membership and you can put a a phone over the uh, QR code. It will take you straight, straight there. Malcolm uh, is doing pre-match and post-match these days at the Dog and Parrot. It's free entry. Kids are welcome. Food, uh, drink, and a good pool table as well uh, to be found at the Dog and Parrot, just five minutes walk from Central Station. So see you there. And if uh, you do have a few spare pennies in the bank, Please don't forget the Food Bank NUFC fans, foodbank.co.uk. The match day bucket is virtual. You can make a donation to that bucket at any time. Thank you for your generosity in advance. Malcolm, thank you for spending a bit of time with me doing that. I'm sure this will have the fans talking, uh, but uh, look forward to catching up with you very soon to talk about all things Newcastle United. Take care, Mal.
All right. And you, Steve, indeed, and everybody watching. Uh, yeah, it's it's been fun going down memory lane, I have to say. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.